the blast from our past network. Cut right! Cut right! Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! Nothing for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. <laughs> Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are two superfans giving you every single episode of Jerry, the short-lived show on NBC about nothing. No, <laughs> no, I am talking about Seinfeld, of course. And this episode, we are talking about the pilot, season four, episode two. And I forgot to introduce myself. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And I already kind of gave you the synopsis of what's going on, because I was trying to be too cute in the opening. Uh, but yes, yeah, so this episode aired May 20th, 1993. And a side little note, it was the highest viewership of the entire series so far at 32.8 million viewers. Oh, so wow. Okay. Sweet. Nice, dude. Uh, and uh, Corey, could you please give everyone the synopsis of the episode? Of course. The pilot. Uh, these were originally two episodes, um, but uh, the one synopsis is... Jerry and George's pilot is finally a go. NBC president Russell Dalrymple becomes obsessed with Elaine. Kramer suffers intestinal maladies. <laughs> I like that. Good job. Good, good use of maladies. SAT word for sure. Exactly. Yes. So uh, we will start our breakdown of the episode. And per usual, we've got a stand-up bit. This one about fears. Fears. To me, the whole concept of fear of success is proof that we are definitely scraping the bottom of the fear barrel. Are we going to have a AA-type meeting for these people? They'll go, hi, my name is Bill, and the one thing I'm worried about is to have a stereo and a cream-colored couch. According to most studies, people's number one fear is public speaking. Number two is death. Death is number two. Now, this means to the average person, if you have to go to the funeral, you're better off in the casket than doing the eulogy. This is one of those jokes I actually felt like it uh, picked up steam towards the end. As, as opposed to, yeah, I was going to say the exact same thing, yeah. the, the exact opposite of what we talked about a lot of the, a lot this season, where it starts off real good, and then it, it fades yeah. away to nothing. The system was kind of like, meh, and then it's like... Yeah, that last yeah. bit is really funny, <laughs> and that's and that's what uh, you know. I would prefer because you're always left yeah. with the, f the the end of things. That's why I always hate when uh, TV shows, <clears throat> Game of Thrones, uh, like don't stick the landing sometimes because it's like, what the hell was this whole <laughs> journey for? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that so was my hot take on Game of Thrones, uh, by the way. I was, oh, is that what that cough was? I couldn't tell. It was so <laughs> subtle. Uh, so you mentioned that this was two different episodes, um, but we're doing it as one because yeah. Hulu has it as one. And also, so, and the way, the reason Hulu has it as one is because it was aired all on one night yeah. where other episodes, if they are two parters, something like the trip, they aired on two separate nights. And so it, that kind of like, you know, how we put it is we kind of just follow whatever Hulu has, but it seems like Hulu is doing it if it, if Seinfeld treated it as really one long episode and aired it all together just back to back as one long episode versus if they aired it on two separate weeks. So that's just yeah. a heads up on that. So, uh, all right. So let's do our scene breakdown and Kramer starts or Kramer wants to play. He just busts in. He wants to play Kramer in the pilot and Jerry's against it. Um, they have this weird fake laugh off about, you know, acting, you know, kind of who can act the fake laugh. It's 
pretty terrible, but pretty funny. Uh, George comes in. He's worried about not hearing about Russell right now. We well, real quick, uh, I actually mm-hmm. I noticed, and I I, I watched this twice. Uh, once to break it down, and then once just mm-hmm. for fun, just because I, I like, did the me, same thing. Yeah, I was like, yeah. let me just really like absorb this one, you know. And I I don't want it to lend to any like nitpicking, but whatever. I'm gonna call something out. So when George comes in. I do like the fact that he says, uh, oh, why are you guys fake laughing? Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he does this like, okay, and sort of rolls his eyes. That did not land at all. Like that oh, little I completely thing. disagree with you. I like that role. Okay, okay. I was judging on the studio reaction to it, and I thought it well, didn't the, land. The studio is stupid because <laughs> I thought it was actually pretty enjoyable. I was like, it was it was so over the top that I was just like, oh, yeah, it's so it, – I, I – I quite liked it. Uh, you're, like, the, you're like Shannon Hamilton from Mallrats. The customer's always an asshole. Yeah. Wow, you're on your Mallrats, right? Which uh, I'm actually just listening to right now because it's taking me days to get through in your and Zach uh, long Mallrats <laughs> review. But in case anyone didn't know it, uh, by the time this episode airs, all of the episodes of the BFOP Network, uh, Clerks Week, not Clerks Week, Kevin Smith Week, have been aired. We are doing a uh, Kevin Smith Podcast Network Week, that is um, Clerks on Blast From Our Past, Mallrats on Podcasting After Dark Dogma on uh, Why This Film, and OCD is doing Chasing Amy. So all of those would have been out by the time this episode comes out. If you're a fan of Kevin Smith, even if you're not a fan of Kevin Smith, if you hate Kevin Smith, you should listen to those episodes anyway because they're pretty damn good episodes, if I can say so (laughs) myself. As I said, I'm listening through Corey and Zach's Podcasting After Dark right now, uh, and they go into depth about a lot of stuff about their feelings towards things. <laughs> I, I appreciate how you salvaged my, my comment that basically just went nowhere and you actually took it somewhere. So thank <laughs> you. Plug. I appreciate that. Good teamwork, yeah. buddy. <laughs> uh, just so you know, I was eye rolling to myself the entire time though. Much like George. <laughs> <laughs> good. good. Uh, the one thing I want to call out is at the beginning of that scene, Jerry, uh, where Kramer's like, Oh, Hey, I want to be Kramer. And Jerry's like, you're not an actor. And Kramer says, I know. And then he starts like, you know, but, you know, he show, tells, tells him to do the left thing. No, no, no. That's not Kramer. Kramer believes he's an actor. At the beginning of the season, he went to L.A. to be an actor. And I still think he believes he's an actor. So I thought that was just kind of weird. That didn't that didn't that didn't feel Kramer to me. Dude, I'm kind of with you on that one, my man. I picked up on it, although I clearly didn't hone in on it as as much as you did. But I actually noticed that too, and the thought that Kramer would sort of like like just say okay to that. I was like, no, man. Kramer would just push harder for it. Although he yeah. does do his own thing later, yeah. but I yeah. do think that he wouldn't like sort of back down verbally like that easily yeah. for that. Yeah, agreed. We cut to Russell, and he's at a restaurant with Elaine. Apparently, he has just. Yeah, as you said, as you said in the synopsis, become obsessed. He is fully enamored with her. And, uh, you know, I get it because the last time he saw her, it was that low-cut dress. We get an unnecessary flashback to it. I hated that flashback. I love it because they flashed back to cleavage. I was like, if you're going to do a flashback, that's the best one to do right there. All right. (laughs) If anybody hasn't heard your nickname in this network yet, Everybody calls you Sleazy C, and that's why. <laughs> Sleazy C. Just, that's you know right, what? Baby. Yeah. Um, but it was such an unnecessary one, because I was like, I know I know exactly where we saw that last. Uh, but they, do but you they think, I don't know. Though, but, but realistically, do you think it's because it was so far back in the season that they, that they chose to do that? Yes, because, I mean, when was that? I, oh, God. I mean, that wasn't that wasn't at the pitch. 
Uh, that was the cleavage one with yeah with um uh Denise Richards Denise. uh yeah. yeah that was right around the pitch so it use was your, like use your sleazy brain get back there <laughs> you know I can remember Denise Richards <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I I think they threw that in there because I also also too because you don't really get to see the date that they went on I think that yeah. was what kind of hinders this and why okay. they had forced to throw the flashback in because the whole time I was watching this scene I was like did I forget the date like did I did we see the date but no that we don't and and but they have to pretend like it happened yeah fair enough um and as a heads up that episode was the shoes uh in episode 15 so it was only seven episodes ago so that really wasn't all that much no no and it really uh, yeah i don't know why they threw it in maybe it was just padding or something i don't know i i I don't know and i'm with you you know other than the joke of what i said earlier about the cleavage i'm with you it it felt like a completely unnecessary flashback and we've mentioned it multiple times we hate flashbacks you should uh, we we think that it it uh you know it it looks down on the it's unseinfeld it is so unseinfeld because all the seinfeld needs and what they what they usually do a really good job at is giving the audience credit and flashbacks used properly are good but used you know misused as they are here Basically, they think they think the audience is stupid and in a bad way. Sometimes you have to think the audience is stupid in a good way, if that makes sense, where you have to just kind of handhold the audience. Here, it was just worthless. Agreed. So, all right. Uh, but anyway, she, you know, she kind of shits on him for his job, trying to find excuses to tell him, you know, why they shouldn't be dating, but she just doesn't care for the guy. Um, and she's like, you know, obviously, if somebody made that, those many calls to you, they seem pretty desperate and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, no, yo, it's your job, you know, and maybe if you're part of Greenpeace or something, I might like you just to kind of throw him off the trail because, you know, she knows he's not going to quit his job. He's a high powered executive at NBC. Of course. And he's part of the problem. She yeah. hates TV. So, of course, she's not going to date him ever. Yeah. Yep. Uh, they also talk about the pilot, him not knowing that Elaine knows Jerry. And maybe that's a bit of the flashback as well, just to kind of show that. You know, he was around when um, when they kind of met and whatnot. But, you know, she kind of gets up and leaves, and he's just kind of – he's left a, a broken shell of a man. Yeah, I did kind of feel bad for Dal Ripple in this episode. Well, we've always been that – we've not we've always yeah. – we have been that guy. We are not the best-looking, most uh, <laughs> secure dudes ever. We've definitely been the kind of guys who have, like, you know – I've liked girls and yeah. I've really liked them and they've just kind of shat on my heart. Yep. And that was, that was absolutely happened. I've, I've felt now granted, I don't feel for the creepiness of him, of him calling and being obsessive, but I feel a little bit for like, you know, understanding heartbreak. Yes, ex- exactly. And plus we, we both like, uh, you know, the guy who plays Dow Ripple too. We've always liked yeah, him. So he's good. And not yeah. to say women don't know heartbreak. <laughs> I'm just saying these two guys, we've been shat on by women. <laughs> so, but Anyway, uh, at the apartment, Kramer gets a call. I, I mean, Kramer's, Kramer's comfortability in that apartment has gotten to a level that it is disturbing. I mean, it's always been at a disturbing <laughs> level, but he's, he's getting calls now even. Um, George and Jerry kind of have an argument about George wearing sweatpants, which I think is kind of funny. Um, George, Kramer kind of gets a call on the other line. And he kind of ends up kind of hanging up on it. It's a call from NBC. Um, it's one that you know, Jerry's been waiting for. He's like, God damn it. Get off the line. Uh, so he calls back. The casting is on. It's happening tomorrow. The pilot is going to happen, my man. 
Yeah, and it's not often that I think of Kramer as being a dick. Like, he'll do things, you're like, oh, that's Kramer. But this time, I was like, no, no, Kramer, you're a little bit of a dick there, man. Like, you you know what your friend is waiting for. And it's 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 only because it, it made it look like he doesn't care about his friend. You know what I mean? Like, I, I know yeah. that Kramer does care about Jerry, and I think he would care about Jerry's pilot. And True. I, well, I just think that, that time, it was a little bit out of his character on that one. You're dead on because he could see that pilot as a way for him him to get big as an actor and so like just to kind of toss that aside yeah. is kind of interesting um but so anyway jerry you know is excited he's he's got the pilot happening george on the other hand he's got a face like he doesn't know what the hell to do <laughs> he's, yeah we, we yeah. then cut to him nervously talking to his psychiatrist um you know him just being neurotic you know all that classic george she notices this weird thing on oh. his lip well, hold on. Okay. Well, I don't know if it'll come before or after, but I, the, the discuss about God, the discussion about God. Oh yeah. That's before. Yeah. So, so I do love the fact that, um, you know, he, he said something about like, you know, God's going to kill me if, if I'm successful. And mm. she's like, I thought you don't believe in God. He goes, I do for the bad things. I thought that was so relatable. I was like, that is just, <laughs> that is very sharp and, and quick. I like that a lot. I do yeah. for the bad things. It's, it's funny. It's a very George thing to yeah. believe in which is also kind of funny because george definitely grew up jewish um well they believe in god yes they believe in god but there's not a hell right in judaism and so it's kind of funny like you know not to say like you know they believe in the old testament and so god was a bit of a dick in the old testament um <laughs> but <laughs> but not a bit he was a big old dick um but you know they don't have like the the hell belief and so I just find that funny because Judaism is almost the exact opposite of just like, you know, hey, God's here to help and all this kind of stuff, as opposed to the he's not going to punish you for your life. Hmm. And, and he kind of thinks, no, God's only here to punish me in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I mean, but yeah, yeah, I, 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 I agree. And also too, it's funny how it's, it's just relatable across the, across the board, I think. Yeah. So, uh, as I mentioned, the psychiatrist notices a weird white discoloration on his lip above his lip and he's freaking out about it. Um, you know, George worried we cut to that. He's talking to Jerry in a cab. Um, and Jerry can't see it. Did you uh, recognize the cab driver? Yeah, damn straight. I recognize the cab driver. I knew uh, you would. Where, where from a recent podcast episode of yours, where do you recognize him from? From a recent podcast on my podcast called the Blast From Our Past Podcast. His name is Eric Avari, and a lot of people might know him from Mr. Deeds, but John and I and Emily Slade of the Why This Film Podcast all talk about the movie The Mummy, and that's where I recognized him. He was Rachel Weisz's uh, uh, boss, like, librarian guy, and also, like, a secret... Um, secret secret I, member of that, uh, alum that, like, yeah, those guys yeah, that, that group, protected. Yeah, yeah, the protectorate group or whatever that was, yep, so... Yep. But he's, I saw him immediately... Yeah, he's great. He and the the thing is, he was he's great in this little this one freaking one minute scene. He's absolutely spectacular too. And honestly, I've always liked him and everything that he pops up in. But the Mummy is what I always will first know him from because I think that was probably the first time I was sort of introduced to him. You know. Yep. I just want to take a minute to take a uh, little beer break. Just take it. <laughs> yeah, I'm in, I'm enjoying this. I'm drinking tonight. Well, my first beer was um, a Night on Ponce IPA. Uh, which is a, a local Atlanta brewery, and it's quite good. It's a seven seven point five, very good. I'm not a big IPA guy, but I'm getting better at it. This one was really good. Now I'm moving on to a Belgian triple, um, okay. and it's a it's called Reformation Jude from Woodstock, Georgia. It's a nine point two. Holy so it'll, moly! It'll 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 
it'll get me there good. Um, but <laughs> so by is. the time we, we record our wrap-up <laughs> after this episode, just so everyone knows, Adam's going to be drunk as a skunk. <laughs> it's, I'm just saying, I can handle my liquor, my man. But well, I, I it's am, a tasty I'm, one, yeah. I am with you on the IPAs right now. I am sipping on a hazy IPA. It's by mm. Silver Moon Brewing, which is in Bend, Cal- uh, um, Oregon. Sorry, and uh, it is a seven point six. So I'll, nice. I have a few of these. So I'm I'm on my first one, and I plan to be on uh, finishing my third one by the time we're on finishing up wrap up after dark. Or, I'm sorry, love by the time we finish up uh, whoa, the wrap whoa, up episode. Whoa, whoa! Do you even know which podcast you're with, buddy? I, I no. am. Not, do I look like Zach? No, because I'm not that good looking. <laughs> oh, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was a completely unnecessary tangent. If you didn't, if you hated it, hopefully you skipped through it. If you if you like beer, hopefully you enjoyed that. Uh, all right, but we do see in the cabbie mm. scene, we also see a nice little cameo from Crazy Joe Davola. I yes. love that. It comes in kind of as this uh, hobo trying to clean their cab, and he's just like, boy, he looks so crazy. His crazy eyes just like, good luck on the pilot, Jerry. And it's like, oh, God, how do you know about that? Now, granted, he was seen around NBC during all the earlier NBC stuff. And plus, but, I think yeah. I imagine that he's like a part of that world, so he knows people. And like, it's a the entertainment world. You you know as well as I do, the entertainment world is actually remarkably small, even though as as big as it is. Um, it's, that's what, why it's so hard to cut into it and, and get I, a, actually a good piece of it. Ex- exactly. It's um. You're you're right about that. But I loved how just Crazy Joe like. Jerry's trying to hide from him, but Crazy Joe doesn't like do anything crazy. He just looks at him and says, good luck on the pilot, Jerry. And the fact that he's not making any kind of like threat is what makes it so, so scary and so hilarious. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's, he's got a a torn shirt. He's doing this, you know, homeless cleaning. He's not in good shape, but no, he still is in the know and he still comes across as crazy as fuck. (laughs) All right. At NBC, they start the casting. Um, there is a little bit of an internal monologue to start where this guy comes in to, to play the role of George and he's tall, good looking with full head of hair. And Jerry thinks to himself, no way. And George is like, perfect. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, wow. We didn't need the inner monologue on on that one, to, to, to be truthful. But um, it would have that- been nice to just see that in their faces. Right, 100% yeah. agree. Yeah, that I think again. I think this was that was kind of talking down to the audience a little bit. Yeah, uh, that guy's name is Roger Rose, and he was in Ski Patrol and Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. So he's kind of had oh, some like eighties uh, movies. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I remember. Well, I never saw Ski Patrol, but I know it was like a, just one of those cheesy. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah. It wasn't like I mean, it's it's one of those movies that that Hot Tub Time Machine is making fun of. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, but then in comes a real actor. Uh, and I don't remember his character's name because the entire time all I could think of is, oh, my God, there's Jeremy Piven. And I huh. knew it was going to be Jeremy Piven. I, God, he's awesome in this show. Yes, uh, he's and he's perfect. And they perfect. actually have a really perfect name for him. His last name is Barth for it. And I'm Barth. like, oh, that's good, yeah. But, Barth. no, he nails it like, like just swing and hit home run right out of the gate. And he's doing his, like, you know, actor interpretation of who the George character in his mind would be. And it is spot on. And it's funny. I didn't really know. It wasn't until the second time I watched this that I noticed he was wearing sweatpants Mm -hmm. in the interview, which ties back exactly to uh, uh, George wearing sweatpants earlier in the episode and a joke that's going to come a little bit later. And it's just like, oh, man. I mean, he just and he nailed it. And and knowing Jeremy Piven and how ridiculously overconfident and kind of cool he is in the entourage role and seeing him in this role. It's just like that guy needs more work. 
I really like the range of Jeremy Piven. <laughs> I, dude, I've always been a fan of Jeremy Piven. Yeah. Hell, he was uh, he was great in Gross Point Blank too. He's yeah. uh, was it PCU or whatever? I mean, freaking, he's awesome in everything, mm-hmm. man. He I, that dude. He and I, you know, I've heard things whatever behind the scenes about him. I don't give a shit, man. I love him on screen, so whatever. That I, I'm a, I'm a Jeremy Piven what? fan, and what? this even what? as a kid, I loved him. What have you what What have you heard? Oh, he's just supposed to be a real a hole. Okay. No, no. Just, yeah, he, nothing, nothing like massive or anything, but just supposed to be a real dick. Whatever. He, play, I, it, he plays a good George. Yeah, good exactly. George. Right. And, and you know what? I always take those rumors with a grain of salt, you know? Yep. Uh, then we get this gorgeous woman who comes in to play Elaine. And Jerry, you know, oh, okay, I'll, uh, I'll read with her. And he kind of does. And you know who she is. I don't know who she is. Oh shit, uh, uh, Mariska Haggard, Haggard, the the main lady from Law and Order SVU. Um, oh. Did you ever watch that? Hell no! I hate I hate crime procedurals that aren't named The Wire because The Wire is not a procedural. It is it is an actual good drama. Those other ones are just copy and paste crap of the same show over and over again. I think they're awful. Yeah. I don't disagree with you. Um, I've just seen her on on SVU, so I figured okay. uh, throw that out there. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Uh, yes. So uh, then we get a quick little small montage of of Kramers busting through the door, and those kinda, are great. It's, yeah, it's funny. It's funny. It ends with uh, this other Jer- this Kramer who they're going to end up casting, and the actor is Larry Hankin. Who he is an awesome character actor. He has been in so many things. You look through his credits and it's just like, you're going to recognize him. You mm-hmm. see him and you're like, oh yeah, whether it's Breaking Bad, whether it's, I don't know, whatever. He's been in so many different things and he, he's got to recognize, he's one of those kind of guys who's just got a unique features and unique kind of like face to him that it's just like, yeah, you are a great side guy. You're yeah. not, you're not the main. No. You no. know you're not, you're not a, a main dude, but like. Weird dude in one scene nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're crushing that. Uh, yeah, he was uh, Mr. Heckles in Friends, yes. like early seasons yes. of Friends and everything. Uh, but I always know him as as you know this the we- guy, the, yeah, the Kramer, the um, the neighbor who had like the cats and the weird dude. Yeah, yeah that weird guy from Friends. Yeah. Um, I just want to mention. I mean, he nails the Kramer just as Jeremy P- Piven nailed George. He nails um, uh, Kramer so well, and. Really, this scene, like this whole scene of the casting stuff is so fun to watch because watching other actors portray portray the characters that we've come to know and love through four seasons of Seinfeld and seeing how awkward George is and even how awkward and ridiculous Kramer is. The the actors, Jeremy Piven and um, and and Larry Hankin, like them doing these. It's it's just like, I don't know, It, it, it feels odd but also familiar and so fun to see other people playing caricatures of the characters if that makes sense yeah of course and this wouldn't have worked like in season one or season two like it needed yes. the, the time to to build up the zeitgeist i mean this whole thing is so freaking meta it's fantastic I, I love the whole all this behind the scenes stuff that we're getting a glimpse at mm-hmm. and also knowing you know that there's probably a little bit of shades of reality in here that they're mm-hmm. drawing from but uh yeah and but where they land on the casting on the the three main people that aren't you know jerry where they land on them are just absolutely freaking perfect. Yeah, yeah. Even the Elaine, we unfortunately don't really get to see the Elaine on her um, her casting portion, but we do get a good bit of her later, where we don't get as much of the other guys later. And it is it is 
really fun, really interesting to see. They all kind of have their quirks, uh, but we'll get to that. Yeah. As of now, the quote unquote, the Kramer guy, you know, he leaves. And he 100% takes those damn raisins, man. <laughs> Just like with you noticing the sweatpants, this was the first time that I noticed shot yeah. of all of them together with the, the the raisins right there. Close up on him. He reaches down with his, like, I think he grabs the raisins with the hand that's holding the script. The sc- yes, to kind it, of block it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I never noticed it when I was a kid. But now, you know, we got the bigger TVs and it's kind of zoomed in because it's like that stupid widescreen, you so, know? Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So they kind of cut around it. So you don't really get a good, you don't get like, there's no close up of it. No. But like, so they kind of close around it. So it's like, it seems like uh, we don't know if he did, but when you pay attention, like he absolutely did. And unlike the whole like showing the flashback thing or whatever. This is, they're, they're not dumbing it down for the yep. audience because it's 100%. He does take them. They show that to you. The only thing they don't show you is the obligatory close up of yes. him doing it. And I love the fact that they just leave it. It's not open because you li- if you're paying attention, yes. you see it. That's the thing. That's, that's what's that's awesome tr- about you, it. You have to pay attention yep. to know for sure. If you're only kind of like, you know, farting around watching, you may not know for sure. And you might think, oh, George is just being neurotic. But if you're paying attention, yeah, you got it. Exactly. And I think that this is one of those things that, that like repeat viewing helps it because mm-hmm. the first time you're watching it, you don't even know to look for it. But then when you go back to look for it, like a good, um, you know, like one of those good twisty turvy type of movies where there's like a spin end. They're, they're good if you can go back and add everything up, mm-hmm. you know, and it actually makes sense, you know, and here it actually does. So I'm like, you know what? Damn, that's that's good. Good job, guys, on that one. Absolutely. Uh, then in comes another actor, and it's Martin Van Nostrand. <laughs> Duh, it's, it's Kramer. Kramer playing Martin Van Nostrand, there to play Kramer. Uh, and so he's trying to play himself, as he mentioned earlier. And we get a nice callback to the Calvin Klein underwear ads where one of the other execs like notices, oh, you're in the Calvin Klein ads. Like, oh, that's nice. I mean, again, giving a little bit of fan service to the people who have been watching this whole season. And, so but they nice. didn't show a flashback to that. I'm still Agreed. wondering why they did had to do the one with Elaine. That's so yep. interesting. I guess because and that, 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 that callback that, is such a big, important thing to the entire episode, I guess, right? Because of what happens uh, with Dow so. Ripple. Because like, at the end of the day, it wouldn't matter if if uh, those guys you know recognize Kramer from the Calvin Klein thing. But the, the, the Dow Ripple Elaine thing is a big part of the actual story. It was so – literally, it did seem like it was just a flashback to see her cleavage again, and that was it. Like, there was no other reason because we know the Calvin Klein ad. Yeah. We know she bent over and showed her cleavage for Dow Ripple. We didn't need to see either of those, mm-hmm. but they showed one of them. They, and, and, and thank God, because if they'd done the second one, then they might have just fully leaned in to like doing it as this episode as a clip show, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm yeah, very glad that they didn't, so – uh, all right, and that was way back in episode ten, the pick mm, where he did yep. that, he did that one. So, uh, all right, and Kramer does a terrible job. He just absolutely like he just he can't act. Much like we saw, honestly, with him in L.A., the dude cannot act. When he, no. you know when he's just being Kramer, he's perfect. But when he's being Kramer, trying to act like Kramer, doesn't go well. No. Um, and then he gets stomach issues and he has to leave, and it's crazy. And my first question, and just looking at your face, you have the exact same question I do. Why the fuck does he have stomach issues? Where did this come from? Why was this not set up? You could have set this up in the first scene while he was eating something with, with, uh, or while he was hanging out with Jerry. All they had to say was, 
oh, can I can I eat those? And Jerry's like, they're pretty old. And he's like, whatever. And he eats them. Something like that. And that would have been perfect. Mm-hmm. It kind of came out of left field. And dude, I am one of those guys that like in Dumb and Dumber and everything, I love explosive like poop scenes <laughs> in movies. I think it's hilarious. This, I was like, where is it coming from? I was like, okay, I like him running. I'm, I'm you know, that, I think that's funny overall. But this could have been like an actual like storyline in another episode if they turned it into something i just yeah. i didn't understand the point of it and then at the end of the whole episode i was like oh it's to give Kramer something to do this episode because he really has nothing to nothing. do. And I'm like, but like you just said, start the joke then. Just start it at least in a it previous been, episode. It could have been so – a previous episode in the beginning of the episode, it could have been so easily set up. And knowing that we had Kramer at the very beginning at Jerry's apartment, he could have been eating something. Anything. anything. And, and – and he didn't have it. And so well, and, well, would they say, well, I, you know, the only thing I can think of if they're in the writer's room, the only thing I think of, they say, oh, but we already did that joke with him drinking the bad milk and then vomiting on on Susan's like vest. Yeah, I, I but, see them say that. But then like, what was the catalyst for this? Or just say yeah. that he's nervous. Maybe he's just nervous. Maybe that's it. But what is yeah. the catalyst for this? We need that because that's this is like the punchline to a joke that we don't have the the buildup mm-hmm. for. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, and, and honestly, watching it the first time, I was like, oh, you know what? I, I gave Seinfeld the benefit of the doubt. And I was like, because I, I knew I was going to watch this one twice. And so I was like, the second time I watch this, I bet I missed something. I, I, you know what? Because at the first time I was like, oh, wow, I, where did that come from? And then I was like, all right, I'm going to try and pay attention. And then I paid attention and it was nothing. Yep. And that kind of angered me. <laughs> Yeah, so. I'm I'm with you, and it's like I said, it's mainly because I like a good fart joke and a, and a good like explosive <laughs> poop joke. So if you're gonna give it to me, give it to me. Don't just like allude to it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so we get yeah, Kramer running around. He goes to a restaurant. I don't understand. I mean, all of this this seems a little ridiculous that he runs around. He has to poop, and he runs around all over New York. So he can't go into that one room. This is the building of NBC. There's a second bathroom somewhere in the building of NBC, or he waits. The time he has to wait to run around New York, I'm just like, really? At one point, he runs through a fucking park, and I'm like, all right, go behind some trees and shit in the park. We've all been there. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, Bagoya. That was a good episode of uh, The League. Um, Yeah, dude, like, just... Just wait. Just wait at NBC. Although, you know, like maybe uh, the elevators, like you can't get to another floor. Like it's sort of like locked. You can only go whatever yeah. that floor is. But again, like you said, it would be vastly better to just sit there and wait for the bathroom to open up. I mean, I've been in this position. We've all been in this oh, position, yeah. you know, especially, dude, as a Lyft driver in L.A., like I knew where a lot of the good bathrooms were. Like because I had <laughs> I went into like quite a few that I couldn't get into. I was like, oh, shit, you know, but but dude, like it's uh, completely I thought this story, this Kramer story storyline fell flat and starting yeah. right here and it's sad because i like a good poop storyline yeah yeah it, it could they could have done so much with that poop man mm, could have could have done so much with it <laughs> so, uh but i do want to call out you know he goes to the restaurant we get a larry david voice uh cameo where he says you know sorry customers only um at monks jerry and elaine are talking about you know her role and and that kind of thing and also russell and his craziness mm-hmm. um they mention the crappy service that they're getting at this place, and and then Jerry notices something about the waitresses, Corey, and I don't, 
I think you should talk about the waitress. <laughs> well, they all look like they belong in a Russ Meyer film. <laughs> yes, which I had no idea who Russ Meyer is, but I'm sure I, I had 100% in my mind. Corey knows that reference. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right out of the gate, bro. Oh, yeah. Um, He did uh, movies like Faster Pussycat, Kill Kill. Uh, just Google that. Look it up. Basically, his movies were, back in the 70s, uh, like sexploitation films, but yeah. weirdly sort of empowering. Like, the women were very strong and would beat up the men uh, a lot, but they also had very large breasts. That was what Russ yeah. Meyer was known for. Just He cast everyone with very large breasts. Yeah, a couple other uh, titles. Beneath the Valley of the Ultra Vixens. Yeah. Um, Wild Gals of the Naked West. And so much more there's just so there's so many movies that he made yeah he's like he's like one of the the kings of sleazy cinema so yeah no no i I totally knew right away i was like yeah i know russ meyer for sure for sure now Uh, i I will say i did very much enjoy the back and forth that elaine and jerry had at the beginning of the conversation where Mm. elaine's like am i that charming and beautiful and jerry goes no no you're not (laughs) i I love how quickly he he landed that and mainly because I like how the, the, the friendship doesn't like he doesn't have a problem giving jabbing her the way he yeah. would jab, you know, George. Like it's the friendship is very equal. It's on the same level. And I love that. And I love how it's it's set up like that. Thinking the I was thinking the exact same thing because, yeah, that's what friends do. Yeah. I mean, I will rip on you for exactly that same kind of thing or for being as sleazy of a guy as you are or whatever. And (laughs) I mean, friends and particularly dudes rip on each other. And so it makes a lot of sense that that he would still just kind of do that. And Elaine was a good sport about it. She was like, why do I I set you up for that? And he's like, I don't know. You know, you can't just give me that and let me just, (laughs) I'm going to run with it. So it was good. It was, that was like one of, actually, that was like one of my favorite exchanges in this entire episode. Fair enough. Um, All right. Elaine is kind of, you know, pissed off about this whole situation with the big busty women. And she's like, you know what? This is, this is discrimination. He's only hiring, hiring uh, busty women. And so she's just, she's a little angry. Yeah. She's got a, you know, a little, I don't know, feather in her cap or whatever you want to say. Um, all right. George gets his lip checked out and the doctor who's a guy, I feel like I've, 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 I've seen him before, but I couldn't really... Re- I looked at his credits and I couldn't recognize yeah. him. Yeah, same. I mean, you, I, I IMDb'd him. I'm like, okay, he's in yeah. a ton of shit and I've seen things that he's in, but I kind of don't like, remember him. Yeah. I will say, I, I loved his delivery when he goes, I don't know what it is. Like, yeah. I, I, I actually really liked his tiny 30 seconds in, in this episode. Agreed. You know? He did a good job, but yeah. I mean, you definitely don't want to hear a doctor say something like that. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. And not with that reaction. He's like, I don't know what yeah. it is. Uh, at the apartment, you know, George obviously worried about his lip thing. Uh, Kramer comes in, tells them he, that he got mugged during his whole situation, which, again, another kind of thing about his storyline. Wh- I didn't see that. Yeah. Why didn't I see that? I figure, And again, this is something that, you know, f- I feel like later on would become a bigger storyline for Kramer. Yeah. Like we would see the muggers. Maybe somehow he would become friends with them later, a la like a swingers scenario, you know, whatever. But it's like here, it's, again, it's it's nothing happened. Nothing's yeah. going on. Now, I will say this. Let's uh, just at the top of this ep- uh, uh, this scene. Did you track the, bo- the half a bologna sandwich and like the rounds that it makes in this scene? <laughs> well, I see. I mean, I know. 
George makes it or starts no, no. With it so and then... Jerry makes the, his self a sandwich, gives half of it to George, which okay. I thought was really nice. Honestly, to be to I would be never do you. that to you. I, never. I, I would never expect you to. Um, I see but... you every week and podcast with you, <laughs> and we like talk and we're buddies. Yeah. That bologna sandwich is mine, motherfucker. Yes, I, 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 you know, it's it's one thing. I know that you would like say, "Hey, you want to make one? Great, here, yeah. all the things are here. Make your own, sure." You're you a know, man. Like, like I get that, but like Jerry gives half of his sandwich to to George. Uh, George, it's just I'll just give it to you at the top, and then we'll get into the scene uh, later on when George gets disgusted. He hands it back to Jerry, goes into the bathroom, mm-hmm. comes back out, takes it from Jerry. Then Elaine takes it from George when he's sitting on the couch, and I, I track this yeah. thing with like completely mesmerized <laughs> by the goddamn half of a bologna sandwich. I'm like what? What is happening here? Yeah. But I want to call out, yeah, that uh, Kramer, the catalyst of Jer- of Kramer or George going immediately to the bathroom is Kramer says he waited too long and now he can't. It's gone he can't back shit. inside. It's gone back. It's Has gone that back. ever happened to you, buddy? Have you waited so long that you clogged yourself up? Now, I would say I've waited long enough where the, the desire to shit has gone, but you give it. A couple hours or or a little bit of time or even just, you know, you you sit on and you force it out. You know, those are you got some muscles that'll push it through, you know, and so you get it out. So I've never I've never been as backed up as Mr. Kramer here. No, I don't think I have either. Like, like (laughs) I've had the other problem where it's like, oh, my God, I got to go right now. And uh, (laughs) Louis C.K., I mean, you know, whatever, uh, as far as what you think about him behind the scenes, I always loved his one stand up thing that he always said. He's like, for me, every bowel movement is an emergency. And I'm like, oh, I've never heard anyone refer to it like that. And I completely agree. Every bowel movement is an absolute emergency. So I just I can't grasp not being able to go. Louis C.K. was the guy who liked to jack off in front of people, right? No, uh, I don't think so. Wasn't that his thing? I don't. I he think had, that was. He had a cr- I think that was Harvey Weinstein. Oh uh, no, I think no, I think Louis. Harvey C. K. Weinstein did. was worse. Yeah, Harvey no, Weinstein was way worse. So I know that Louis C.K. Uh, he got you know me too or whatever, and I you're right. I think maybe that was it. I think I think he was he liked uh. to finish off we yeah well yeah let's, yeah let's just move on i just like yeah. that one fucking thing he said i'm not defending louis no, ck i his, just like that one thing his he comedy said. his comedy is funny yeah. I'm not defending louis ck um i like i understand checking off it's good times <laughs> don't force people to jack off in front of them <laughs> don't, uh, don't force should, people to watch you yeah <laughs> That was the best thing I ever heard. I understand jacking off. It's good times. <laughs> that killed me, bro. <laughs> good one. <laughs> it is good times. <laughs> How can I gracefully move on from that I don't segue? Know. <laughs> All right. Uh, I have great. I have some grace. You know what? Some grace. And I'm just going to move on. Uh, all right. Um, Elaine decides that she wants to apply for the job at Monks and she wants to basically she wants to prove their discrimination because she's not as busty as those women, even though we did see her cleavage earlier seemed ample. But (laughs) that's that. (laughs) All right. Jerry meets up with the uh, Elaine actress, which who who we didn't see earlier is not the same as the gorgeous woman from apparently Law and Order SVU as (laughs) Kramer (laughs) or as Corey remembers. But um. She says, you know, she's trying to get into the role, and she is method. And when I say she is method, she is extremely method acting, which is a style of acting where you basically try to become that character. Yeah, like and she fully, wants to. And it's, yeah, like yeah. like everything about that character, including yeah. <laughs> how does she kiss? 
Yeah, which Jerry is loving. <laughs> of course he is. <laughs> He's fun. like, what's happening right now? But I, yeah. I love how much fun Jerry's having with her, though. Yeah, he's. I mean, he says she asks her quest, asks him questions about Elaine, and he's just like giving eh, bullshit, sarcastic, you know, things which he doesn't really know or pick up on. But, but yeah, she wants uh, she wants to be called Elaine, even which is just kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just she's kind of diving into her character, if you will. Yeah. So Kramer we meets with Kramer the actor to teach him a little bit about himself, which I thought this was kind of a strange scene because I was like, I I wouldn't feel. Like how how and why did Kramer? Well, I don't know. Does do the other act? Elaine didn't meet with the Elaine. George didn't meet with that George to tell him about how to act with his George. But like, why did Kramer meet with that guy? And I ha- how? I have an answer for you, and you're not gonna like it. Uh-oh. It's it's because Kramer had nothing to do this episode. <laughs> It's it's true. Like like there, I I felt like they tried to force him into every situation because here it's like, well, then show us uh, George meeting with, uh, you know, his counterpart. Like make it a part of a thing. If you're gonna do two, do three. You know, and it's just mm-hmm. I don't know. Again, it felt like okay, let's just give Kramer something to do because nothing really even came out of it. He kind of butt heads with his with his counterpart, but not as much as George is gonna butt heads with him. Mm-hmm. So it didn't even set up anything other than I've seen them use the clip in a clip show of him saying I'm Kramer you know like that's literally the only thing it's there for honestly it was a that right there was a dead scene for me yeah all right fair enough Uh, but you know what you're right though that that the I'm Kramer line is 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 I don't know it not to say it's a classic line but like I definitely know it and I know it's like you know it's one that he'll I think even uses again down the line yeah and so. but then you're right. Like that guy didn't seem like now. If we if we want to dive into the actual world of the show, that actor didn't seem like he even wanted anything from Kramer. Like he's going to do his own thing. So did yeah. Kramer initiate the 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 meetup or did he? You know that's yeah, but, that's the question. Yeah, but why why would that have been approved right. by anybody? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Know, Again, dead scene. Yeah. Uh, all right. Elaine goes in. She doesn't get the job she kind of you know which she had great references and all that stuff and i don't understand why she didn't get the job um but maybe the guy kind of saw her kind of she didn't you know she was wearing jerry's shirt and all that kind of stuff she didn't look like she was ready for a job um interview um and she's all pissed off like you're in big trouble mister <laughs> she's, she's like what come. did i do yeah the camera actually did an interesting move in did you notice that yeah, but I was kind of already tracking the fact that the actor kind of looked her up and down and said, no, I'm not looking for anybody right now. Kind of like implying that I think her breasts weren't, you know, whatever. Well, and that's, then, that's, that's, but, what the, that's what they did. That They did that, that I, look I, to try and make us imply. I know, but but that that doesn't honor the character because that's yeah. not what he would have done because that's not at the end of the day the reason he doesn't hire her he doesn't hire her because he first off he looks like he's fully staffed but second off he he doesn't hire her because <laughs> it's not his his daughter like it just it didn't jive i get what they're trying to set up and again fuck this this storyline dies too so it's it kind of like, does it's, it's it's like it it defeats the character there was no I hated that. I hated the way he looked her up and down. I was like, no. Because it, and also, too, then that just makes him scuzzy. Then she should harp in on that. 
it's all over the place, dude. See, and I that's the that's the directing, my, by the way. That's him looking yeah. up and down is the director telling him. To my do that. my thought on him looking her up and down, and the thing is, I think he's looking up and down because the way she is dressed mm. with Jerry's sloven shirt and that kind of thing. But we take it because we're through the eyes of Elaine, and we take it as he's looking at her chest. You're a hunt. I, yeah. Okay. Um. I'm on board with what you're going with, with what you're putting down right there. You're right. I kind of didn't cue in on the fact that she did look a little bit disheveled um, with her oversized shirt. And I get that she's like trying to basically really kind of like you know, de-emphasize yeah. her breasts. But at the same time, if you if she was going to take this seriously, she should have actually really dressed up for it, you know, and actually really put the effort forward. Because, yeah, you're right. Okay. She she could she could have put on a blazer which hides her chest as well. Okay. But she didn't. Yeah. And and the director probably said, "Look her up and down because she's dressed so slot, you know, and yeah. that's why you're not hiring her." But they didn't even call back. He didn't even say later on like, "Oh, but you didn't look like you were in for an interview." It just wasn't yeah. good all around on that. On this little storyline here for Fair me enough. at least. And all I really wanted to call out at the beginning was that the, the camera moved in on her, and it usually doesn't move in. This is a very ecstatic mm-hmm. kind of camera show, but it starts off with them fairly, fairly wide, and then it kind of moves in on her when she's getting all angry, and it's just a two-shot. And I just thought that was interesting. So uh, Elaine tries to go to the Justice Department to issue a complaint, and then we get Richard Gant, who is uh, her caseworker, and I rem- to me... I will always remember him as one of the detectives in The Big Lebowski. Mm. Like, that's what I recognize him for. I've seen that movie God knows how many times. I mean, fuck, I don't know. Um, But he's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah. I will always know him from Jason Goes to Hell. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Jason Goes to Hell, the... The box art, like just like the fire and like mm-hmm. that wormy thing going through his mask, yeah, always looks really cool to me. Yeah, and and that's the that when I was younger, that was the first time where I realized the director's cut is infinitely can or can be infinitely better than the theatrical cut because they chopped that movie to hell for the theater, mm-hmm. like cut out all the good like kills and shit, and then the director's cut like had everything put back in, and it turned a shit movie into a shit movie that was fun. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> But I always know so, him. I always know him from that, and and I always like yeah. him. Uh, he's Richard yeah. Gant is always great in everything he does. That, that I I've, and I've seen him in other things too, um, like what you said earlier, uh, uh, which just now escapes my tongue, unfortunately. Oh, I'm I'm not going to tell you. I'm just going to let let you guess. <laughs> I hate you because I'm literally spinning through my head. <laughs> what the hell you? Just, <laughs> I, I'm an Come asshole. Come on, man. <laughs> uh. All right, Big Lebowski. That's right. That, which I've only ever seen that movie once in my life. Wow. I know. I mean, I'm I'm on the side where it is a cult favorite. I adore that film. The dialogue is so amazing. I have absolutely no excuse because I loved it when I first saw it. I It just, for some reason, never came around, back around for me. But I'm with you, bro. I have no excuse. That's my bad right there. All right. Well, whenever you, if we ever get hang out again in person, I will take you up on you, that, buddy. You can get high, I will get drunk, and we will watch Big Lebowski and have a good time. I will take you up on that a hundred percent. All right, fantastic. All right, so she Elaine actually tells this guy about the restaurant. It's like a whole Russ Meyer thing, and she actually gives us a little breakdown about Russ Meyer and who he is, which I thought was kind of interesting because they don't really usually explain their references to the audience like that again it's kind of like assuming the audience is a little dumb where maybe maybe not that bad because we had that references reference maybe 
five, 10 minutes ago or whatever it was. And we were just assumed to know it, but here she's like fully breaking it down. So I just, I don't know. I, I, I thought that was interesting. I didn't need that again. Yeah. 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 With you, I guess it's probably because the whole conversation it revolves around you understanding what, what that means, you know, between those two, but we are, but we as an audience already do. Yes. And so I, you know what I would have preferred if she would have said, it's like, it's some other sexploitative, if she's like, it's like a Hugh Hefner film or yeah. something like it would have been, see, then that would have been even better. She would have taken, here's another reference just to kind of give the people as opposed to here's the same reference. Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, yep. I'm with you. Although the only thing I will add to that is that there is no other Russ Meyer. <laughs> okay. See, which I don't know. I don't know. I know. I know. It's okay. All right. All right. So now we're on set and we see a scene play through and it's, it's being, you know, shot, stuff like that. There is a, a director on set, quote unquote, on set. Uh, and that is the actual director from the episode yeah. and the guy who has directed the most episodes of Seinfeld, Tom Sharon's, um, you know. It was, it, was fantastic. it was good to see him on screen. Yeah, no, minute. I know. I loved it. And I was like, why do I recognize him? Oh, from from all the behind the scenes uh, uh, videos that I've seen. Uh, but did yeah. you did you recognize Norman Brenner right behind him? Oh, I did not. I missed the Norman Brenner. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think he was just like uh, one of like the three people that were kind of behind the director, uh, like holding scripts. So he was probably just a, mm. supposed to be like a, a script supervisor type of person. But I was like, oh, good. I'm glad they snuck him in and, on the last episode because we did not see him a lot this season. Yeah. Very true. Uh, George tries to give some notes to, you know, the actor who's playing the Kramer and he just. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you called him the Kramer. He's yeah, <laughs> Kramer, and George just being goddamn George just shut your damn mouth, um, and he still kind of goes on about the raisins, which is a very classic George thing to kind of keep poking about that kind of stuff, which obviously angers the Kramer actor. <laughs> the Kramer. I, 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 like, just, I don't remember. Just refer to him as the Kramer now. <laughs> oh, I don't remember what his uh, character's name is because it doesn't matter. He's he's the pilot's Kramer. Yeah, like that is him. Mm -hmm. um, but that's kind of obviously bothering him, pissing him off. Uh, Russell is there, but he's not there mentally. He's not all there. He's still obviously kind of thinking about Elaine. It's bothering him. Uh, the Elaine actress herself is being very weird. Um, just, you know, diving into that whole, I am Elaine kind of stuff. Uh, George also is, you know, again, confronts Kramer, stuff like that. And the actor basically threatens George. Yeah. You know, he says he's, he's got some anger issues and you can see that. Yeah, and, and then George goes over to Jerry, you know, and I like how Jerry's like, you know, I don't think actors, I don't think they like being told what to do. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure, but I don't think they like that. But then I, I, I kind of like the little through line of Jerry always asking George how he's doing, and George is like, oh, no, you're, you're, you're fine. You're fine. Yeah, <laughs> so that's always the thing that I've had a problem with with actors is some of their stuck-upness. <laughs> um, and I, I I haven't really directed real actors. I'm not a director. I'm a, I'm a post-production guy. I'm an editor. Um, but I've had to shoot things before, like, you know, just, you know, with non-actors. And I always kind of remember from film school and from references like that, you know, th references like this, you're not supposed to tell the actors how you want to do it, you know, or how you want it to be done. You're supposed to like massage them into giving you the performance that you want. And half the time I'm just like, stop being a fucking, you know, bitch about it. And just like, I want you to say it like this and I'll just say it. And it's just like I, actors who are so fucking stuck up and I just can't stand that. 
this is just my own rant, my own rant. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just like take that fucking poll out of your butt and just be like, you know what? If the director wants it this way, give him this way, but then also give him the way that you want to do it. Like, Ugh. Yeah. Just and, shut up. And then you hear like famous stories of like very like particular directors where they literally just like just I'm gonna stick my hand up your ass and be like a marionette. I want you to say mm. it exactly like I say it. But I think that's that's not the norm. I think you have to yeah. as a director get to that level of clout. But yeah, before but but most of the time it's like you say. I will say my experience with actors are they all crazy, man. Every single one of them are crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I met plenty of actors and wannabe actors in in my time in L.A., and they are an interesting bunch. Like you think you think that like the crew behind the scenes they can be a weird bunch too, but the actors are on a whole nother level, man. Whole nother level, man. I mean, just yeah, and yeah. I don't know. I, I would never want to date one. That's for sure. Never did. Never wanted to. So. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, let me ask you: Is this the um? This is the scene where where the she's what is she the vice president of NBC? Yeah. is is uh, wondering. So what she doesn't like, she doesn't think Jerry can act, right? Like that, that's this scene, right? Yes. Yeah. So that was another little storyline here that I didn't think really played out because I'm like Jerry is acting the exact same way that he's he's always acted to us. I wish that if they were going to make her view it that way as such, that he mm. would, that Jerry, the character Jerry on the TV show mm-hmm. would be a little bit worse. Like he sort of played it like how Kramer did, like how he can't really yeah. do his lines. But, but later on with like uh, the guy who plays or Jeremy Piven and stuff like Jerry feels so confident. I, it, it felt yeah. like there was a, like they really didn't sell this whole thing that Jerry's not good. And I get that it's like sort of meta where we always, yeah, even back when this was at the height of its popularity, everyone agreed that it's like, oh yeah, Jerry's just, he's Jerry. He laughs at the jokes on the show and, you know, he's not like the, he's not like an Academy Award winning, Emmy Award winning <laughs> actor. We all know that. And I get that this is meta, but it's not something that they really did a good job turning into a joke or a like a, a plot, a subplot. I wholeheartedly agree. I, I wish she would have been mad at something else. Like maybe she just didn't like Jerry or maybe in a previous episode, Jerry did something to piss her off and she just, you know, held a grudge, but just not liking his acting. He wasn't, he, when he wasn't great. And when we'll watch later, watch a bit of the pilot later, but he wasn't bad by any means no he, he's, he's the yeah. jerry that we see and we all love so it, it's hard to sell a joke when when the when we don't see anything other than what we love and then we have some another character that we barely even know saying oh he sucks and we're like uh no because we've been watching him for four seasons like you needed to, he needed yeah. to act differently jerry needed to act yeah. worse absolutely so all right uh we see russell leaves and Mu- russell leaves a message for elaine again he's just being pathetic and you know just uh, yeah poor russell it's sad poor russell um and he's so like kind of upset and angry he fires like this pa kind of guy just off the cuff uh next day jerry upset that he's apparently upset that he can't act which again kind of comes from nowhere that same kind of thing and george is also still worried about his lip and other shit right now uh kramer comes in he still can't shit (laughs) <laughs> oh man, nothing's coming out. Nothing's coming, and he slowly comes in too. I will yeah. say he didn't never get. Um, I will say he never got a uh, a cheer in this episode with his entrance. Yeah, yeah, there was none of that, and I was okay with that because yeah, it didn't really I earn think, it at all. 
Exactly. Well, we start the very first scene after the comedy was we were right on Kramer. Yeah. And he was already in and he was talking about wanting to be an actor in the show where there was not that bang moment. So it wasn't necessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Jerry, though, recommends to Kramer, uh, basically, without saying the word enema, you should maybe do an enema <laughs> to help your help it out. Do you think they couldn't say enema? Is it, was that a word they couldn't say on on air? Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't think enema is a bad word. I mean, it is just a thing. I like that they can't say enema. And I like that they dance around it because it's more comical that yeah, way. Yeah, agreed. I mean, ultimately, we got the better version. I just was yeah. curious if they if they couldn't say it. But yeah, I'm with you. It's it's already funnier that they're dancing around it. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host Dean. Oh, hey, Dean. hey, Tim. Dean. Huh? Uh, this isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then, thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time. Talking back. Hello everybody, I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late-night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. And now, back to the show. At the pilot taping, Elaine shows up uh, in a disguise, and uh, Kramer goes, and, you know, we see him. He gets kind of intercut Kramer shots where he's yeah. going in, getting his enema kit, shit like that. Elaine uh, ends up getting recognized by some random dude who we never saw in any episode. He's never in any other episode of Seinfeld. And I think, actually, this is his only credit ever on IMDb. What the fuck was the point of of this little th- interaction right here? Other than and maybe how he- would he recognize her from the back with her blonde short hair? That and, makes no damn sense. And the punchline is like he says something like, "Oh, you haven't changed a bit," and it's like, "Oh, but clearly she has because she's got blonde hair." And I'm like, "What was the point of any of this?" Like we know that she's wearing yeah. the disguise to hide from Russell Dalrymple. Like she didn't need to even be like I don't know, man. Just, there was just no seeing point her to walk it. in. See, her walking in is the joke because she's hiding from Russell. That extra little bit, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Unnecessary. Unnecessary. 
Yeah. Uh, all right. Jeremy Piven is worried, and he's just like George, being super neurotic, and it's perfect. It's, and even Jerry's like, "This is just like George. You are, <laughs> you're perfect." <laughs> yeah. He's like, "What's my first line? What's my first line?" But again, here I'm like. I don't know. I kind of wish I should have seen Jerry uh, a little bit nervous if if they were trying to sell the joke that she's going to pull the plug on the pilot anyways later or if he yeah. was the reason that she doesn't like it. I, I can't, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I... Everything... Yeah. But it's Jerry, man. Everything works out for Jerry. It's easy, even Steven. Even Steven, baby. Even Steven. But I love it. I, I love how he uh, enjoys his time shooting the pilot. I do like yep. that. Yep. And also, by the way, real quick, I liked seeing all the behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, the people with the person with yes. the boom mic. Like, everything. I was like, that was really cool. So get, and he kind of got the sense that those those weren't actors. They probably were like, hey, you want to you wanna just show <laughs> what you do, you know? Like, they probably just use people who, who do that job so that they could, you know, actually yeah. do it correctly. And I was like, you know what? They, that was really fucking cool. They had no lines. I yeah. mean, they were just extras. Yep. Give, them, give them a little extra rate, and boom, they're yeah. good to go. Exactly. So. Um, George gets his test back, his test results back, and he's all freaked out that they're negative. Oh my God! Prognosis negative. <laughs> Prognosis negative. Actually, but negative in this route is a good thing. Yes, yes. All and honestly, because of Seinfeld, I know that. Like, if I never watched Seinfeld, I might be George when I get my prognosis back as negative. Uh, Joe Devola. We also see that he's in the audience as well. And at the crafty table, or at the crafty area, uh, which every set has a crafty area. If anybody's nev- never been on set, the crafty area is the best area. It's the place that whenever I worked on set, I, I was some PA, a PA on some commercials and some other shit like that. I'm mostly a post-production guy, but I had to, when I needed some extra bucks in between uh, movies or whatever that I was working on, I would do some PAing. Crafty's the best, man. Usually these movies, the thing is... You have a lot of people working on a, like, they're working hard. They're working long hours. The absolute lowest amount of time that you're usually working a day is 10 hours, but mostly it, it goes to 12 hours every day. Um, crafty, they, the producers know the only way to keep people happy <laughs> is to fucking feed them. <laughs> and I know that you have a production background because you referred to craft services as crafty. If you uh, if you don't work on set, you probably would refer to it as craft services. In my notes, I say crafty because I oh, know what go. it is. Yeah. And one of the few things that I kind of use in my day-to-day life is is crafty and I'll just, you know, my wife sometimes won't get it but I refer to that as food. And also I'll say what's a like what's our heart out? And she's like, "What?" And I'm like, "What's yeah. our tail lights?" And she's like, "What does that mean?" I'm like, and I have to explain to her, you know, it, you know, yeah. when I was working on, on, you know, as a, as a photography assistant and a lot of the terms transfer over because a lot, it's all behind the scenes stuff, but, um, you know, what's your out and someone would say, okay, five o'clock. And it's like, okay, but what's your hard out, you know, like, yes. and then same thing that me, oh, okay. I have to be out of here at five fifty, And that means, okay, that means I have you until five forty-five, basically. Yeah. And then taillights is the same thing. Like when, when do you mm-hmm. need to, when do I need to see your taillights basically leaving when, and that's even, that's even further than a hard out too so just yep. just to give you guys a little uh jargon right there in, inside baseball yeah it's fantastic i mean i still use uh ver- vernacular like that i mean granted i'm still i'm not working in the industry but i work in production and that kind of stuff but i i, I will constantly say stuff like 
I don't know, sticks. I mean, they, yeah, yeah. there's a st- simple yep. stuff like sticks instead of a tripod. Yep. Um, I say uh, a dead rabbit instead of um, a sound, uh, a, uh, a microphone sound, uh, uh, see, windscreen. See, I was, a, I was a, um, a photography assistant, so I never had to deal with sound at all. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but like, I'll say points sometime when I'm walking around with uh, a C stand or something and I'm, and I'm turning a corner. Um, and it just a whole, I, I say, um, Cans. I always say cans instead of headphones. Yep. I, that is, I hey, uh, yeah, you need you need a set of cans. Like that is just shit. I will. I, I, there is such a there's such a whole ver, uh, vocabulary for this world. And and also too, like it's it's not just like you know silly or whatever. Like you all need to be on the same page and and you know and speak the same language essentially. And mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't recall there being any sort of like, you know, what are the terminologies for everything, but you kind of have to pick them up, you know? And, yeah. and, and it's kind of across the board, like crafty's always crafty. Sticks is always sticks, you know, it, it's yeah. across the board. So it, it, it's fun because you also know people who, uh, uh, you know, behind the scenes people, you can always tell also too people work behind the scenes also wear a lot of cargo shorts. You, you see a lot yes. of those back there. And even <laughs> today of cargo shorts, pockets everywhere because you need them you need them for the fucking uh the pockets dude dude anytime yeah. i wear like my my camouflage cargo shorts with a t-shirt i'm like man i look like such a stage guy right now yeah. you know? <laughs> all right wait well but, that was but, quite the diatribe that, oh, that was, more, the, more diatribe no no i was actually gonna go back to the show and say did okay. you notice that um when george was at crafty that he double dipped i didn't notice that yeah Right away, oh. right before he gets into it with uh, with Mr. Heckles, a.k.a. Fuck. the Kramer, he, he's fucking yeah. double He's in the process of double dipping. There's dip on the chip that has wow. a bite taken out of it, and that was fucking awesome. That that's is, amazing. That's the exact opposite of them giving us the flashback of Elaine. I watched this twice. I didn't notice that, but I'm so happy. And, like, the next time I watch this, I'm going to be paying attention to that, and that makes me even fucking happier for that scene. Yep, yep. So, uh, all right. Yes. As you mentioned, he brings up the goddamn raisins again. and He pisses off the Kramer. So. <laughs> Kramer's like, I'm going to rip your heart out. <laughs> I love it. I love how angry he's at George. I'm like, oh, George, it's time to get your ass kicked. It's also time to get your ass kicked because he's he's the George we hate right now. He's the cocky yes. George because he knows he's not going to die. He knows it's prognosis negative. And now he's cocky, but he immediately meets an alpha male that will just destroy him. And I like yeah. that a lot because he needed yep. to keep his mouth shut that's a good point speaking of alpha males joe davola <laughs> is a very dangerous dude yeah and he's from the audience and he screams out six semper Tyrannus," and he jumps down and we kind of get like a freeze frame from it um which if anybody doesn't know uh, you know, six separate Tyrannus. Well, 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 actually, you know what? Well, I'll cut to it because they talk about it. Yeah, well, uh, and what they say is not a hundred percent correct. Uh, the actual like uh, um, direct uh, translation is "thus always" to tyrants. It still kind of means the same thing. Like what they said is kind of like the dumbed down version, but it's it, they said it, death, death to tyrants right. is and what it, is how Jerry calls it. Because we we the next very next scene at the apartment, George and Jerry are getting to watch the pilot. They're getting ready to watch it, and they kind of mention the whole six emperor. Six Emperor Tyrannus stuff, um, which was from John Wilkes Booth, Booth jumping from, um, you know, 
shooting shooting Lincoln and then jumping down to the stage and right. heading out. And also that's uh that is the official motto of Virginia. Every every state has an official motto that's yeah. that's uh it, it varies. And I know it's it's you know you always see Virginia is for lovers. That's not the actual fi- official motto. The official motto is Six Emperor Tyrannus. Seems like bullshit. Yeah. I mean there's there's been some bad people from Virginia. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But um also so people don't think that that was fully a John Wilkes Booth thing that all originally came from Brutus said Six Emperor Tyrannus before killing Julius Caesar yeah. way back in the day as well. A2 Brute? Yeah. Me too. <laughs> right. Uh all right, Elaine comes in to the apartment and Kramer also comes in and he's feeling much better. Which they said, I've got a problem here. Okay. So, it's been established that they shot the pilot on a whatever day, and they said next week it will be coming out. (gasps) This means they make it feel like Kramer, but the thing is, like, they play it like it's the next day. But apparently, Kramer has been blocked up for an entire week. I didn't put that together at all. Oh, dude. Jerry said Jerry says we're shooting it Thursday and yeah. it's coming out next week, right? Yeah. And they're like, yeah. I mean, they've made it a point multiple times multiple. in the episode to say it's going to take a week. First off, I was going to say, Adam, do you think they really edit a, a TV show in a week like that and get it on the air that quickly? First off, I didn't believe that was the case, but uh, they can't. Okay. Seinfeld or not. Sorry. South Park does their shit in one week. If they can. Like this kind of like you know a three a three camera shoot yes they, you can get that shit done right I didn't even put that together yeah him kind of coming in singing zippity doodah that's not the song he sings but coming in singing that song which was funny uh it implies that it's like a next day or next day but dude if he's been backed up for a week that's a whole storyline that i want to see like we didn't get any of that kramer like like if that's the case if that is the case then that is the storyline that we're completely missing but no it's just bad right it's not it's just bad writing yeah. because they fuck it up because we see Kramer going and buying an enema kit. And in this scene right here, Jerry says, oh, you went for the big E. And he says, wet and wild. So it seems like there's no way he bought that enema kit and waited an entire week before he used it. No way. Wow. So dude. this is just bad writing, assuming that we're not going to pay attention to the timeline. And they fucked it up. I mean, they didn't even have to. They didn't have to tell us that it took a week. Like, they didn't even have to add yeah. that fucking dialogue in, you know? Unless It could have been live to fucking tape. Yeah. None of us would give a shit. No, it doesn't. Well, granted, why? Yeah. No one knows what live to tape is, but... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, bro. Bro, that, uh... that I Man, this episode takes a hit in my book for that one, buddy. So, yeah. thanks for, uh... Thanks for that one, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. And, uh, you know, while they're about to, to watch, Elaine finds a wallet in Jerry's couch... And this is a throwback all the way to the fucking episode four, The Wallet. It's So on one, in literally like 30 seconds apart, you have bad writing and then fantastic writing. Like, come on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. At the fucking beginning of this season, my wallet's gone. My wallet's gone. Yeah. And then we see the wallet at the end of season four. And, like, that is awesome. And, and in that episode, we were like, I swear to fucking Christ, Elaine finds the, the, the wallet. Where the hell does that happen? Now, granted, uh, uh, one of our, uh, our, our, our fans online uh, said it uh, in one of the comments, and, and I apologize uh, for not calling them out. Uh, 
it was a while ago. It was a while that that happened. <laughs> um, but it, but now that we're seeing it, that that almost makes me like the wild episode a little bit more. I know we didn't love that yeah. episode, um, but I do yeah. like that they they saved the punchline for all the way to the end of this season to bookend yeah. it with. And boy, oh boy, that's great. But it's so weird that it comes off of a literally thirty seconds thirty seconds prior. You have that real bad a writing aspect of it. You know, absolutely. So they watched the pilot. And it's it's very sitcommy, and we actually get to watch a little bit of it. Um, I'm glad they gave us that. I, I'm glad that we oh saw God. part of it. That was going to be in so, a little bit of my wrap up, but uh, I'll talk about that in a bit. But yeah, um, as it plays, we get different cuts to people from the entire season that are watching it, and these are great callbacks. Like again, they don't mention, "Oh, hey." Hey, Bubble Boy, whatever. It's like we just cut to them and they say they make these little comments and it's like great fucking callbacks. This made me so happy. Yeah. I loved I loved every single one of them, but I especially loved Susan with George's ex that the he that she met at the at Monk's Diner, right? Uh-huh. Like that's the yeah. yeah, and and I love that she's there. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah, there's just all of them. I didn't, honestly, I didn't even catch that one. I mean, I remember. Thing is, I remember hearing Susan's voice, but I didn't pay attention to who she was with. I don't know why that didn't click. I was probably writing notes or something. Um, Jerry gets a call, and Russell's missing. Oh shit! And so Rita, the vice president, now being named the the president, she doesn't really like the show. It's something that they didn't agree on, and so she cancels it. And fuck. Uh, they all blame Elaine because of Russell missing and kind of fair enough. I mean, no, no, it's not, it is not Elaine's fault. No. I am not going to put Elaine on the way. This is Russell's fault. He's a fucking dumbass. We cut to Russell. He's with Greenpeace because she said maybe if you're Greenpeace and he is in a boat with the two biggest people in all of Seinfeld, Larry David and Larry Charles right with him uh, as he is going in the boat. Oh my God! I recognized Larry Charles. I did not recognize Larry David. I recognized his voice, but his face yeah. didn't click for me. That's crazy. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, he looked a little younger than yeah. we're mostly well, used to a, seeing. He had a hat on. I had that like yes. cap thing on. And and now thinking about it, I mean, you you just blew my mind. I recognized his voice. And the funny thing is, I was um um you know making food on the second viewing, so I heard him, and I was like, oh oh, that's that sounds like Larry Charles. And I'm like, did they just dub that guy? But it just goes to show how signature his hair is and his glasses. Yeah. Like like he doesn't have either of those on, and I didn't even recognize him. But I recognized Larry Charles though because yeah. of his freaking big ass beard. If if Larry David was wearing a cape, would would you have recognized pro- pro- him? Then? Probably, <laughs> probably. But and he calls him like matey too. Like he tries to do like yeah. a little bit of an accent type of thing too. Yeah. So, uh, all right. At Monks, uh, we see a bunch of males are eating there, including the guys that Elaine complained to earlier, <laughs> um, basically because. Guys are terrible people. Yeah. And if we are to- if we're told that there's a lot of busty women at a restaurant, a lot of guys are just going to go and watch it. Yeah. Like that's just that's that's how guys work. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I liked that little punchline to the yeah. to the joke, you know? Like that that was funny that they're there just eating cuz like, oh, oh, we're we're doing research. This is part of research, you know. <laughs> yeah. it's like, no. But here's where we where we find out that all of those uh waitresses are his daughters and that's 
why they have all the same proportions because they have the same mother and whatever. And then they're the same genes. Um, and you know, we, uh, talk about Greenpeace a little bit and we cut to Russell and Russell dies, man. (laughs) I forget. I forget. I always forget this for some reason. Russell's fucking dead. He drowns in the middle of the goddamn ocean while they're trying to like save the whales or some shit. Yeah. He fucking dies. And I think, (laughs) I think that they put in him, Firing that that stagehand guy to kind of be like, okay, it's okay that he dies, you know, uh, kind of give him this yeah. like sort of bad streak or whatever. But I never wanted Russell to die. To be truthful with no. you, I always liked Russell Dalrymple and uh, R.I.P. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I wrote it. it kind of ends on a weird note. We see like this weird like Jerry script floating or something yeah. as, as well. Yeah, it's kind of strange. Yeah, that, yeah, it's a little <laughs> odd. Yeah. <laughs> um and uh then we get a jerry stand-up um about the opposite sex yeah or attention from the opposite sex there you go i know women often complain about the number of things they have to do to get a male's attention the high heels the pantyhose the makeup but let me tell you it's even worse for a man because if you're a man you don't know what to do that's why we're we're building bridges climbing mountains exploring uncharted territories you think we want to do these things <laughs> nobody wants to build a bridge it's really hard you know he's like uh you know designing rockets flying off into space i guarantee you every astronaut when he comes back from space goes up to a girl and says did you see me up there <laughs> I like that one. I like that one yeah. too. We, uh, I think, I think us being guys yeah. <laughs> related to that that stand up. Yeah. No. And 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 honestly, that was probably one of the best stand ups this entire season. And yeah. that's how yeah. the uh, the season ends with that. That's that's a great stand up to end it on. It really is. Yes, it was. But I don't know if it really <sighs> saves the episode. Adam, what do you think about this episode? I'm I'm dying to hear. Really, I was gonna let you start, but okay. Wow, that scared the fuck out of me, you just saying that right there. (laughs) Holy shit. I don't know if it saves this episode. Okay, here are my thoughts. I love that they let us watch a bit of the Jerry pilot. It's like they, they just sat on the TV playing that pilot for a while, and we watched a full scene. There's been so much buildup to this pilot to this episode and to that scene, you know, starting from the pitch season or episode season four, episode three, and we're in episode 22 of season four. And even before that, you can kind of tie in with uh, Kramer being in LA, being in LA and him and as an actor and kind of like, you know, him wanting to act here. But like, you know, we've, we've been with this whole thing and this whole storyline for this entire season. And, you know, um, I love that we are getting a lot of closure with that, with this episodes. There's so many callbacks with these characters from this entire season, like callback after callback after callback. Um, when, when we're cutting to them and they're watching it and they're making their little comments, shit like that. We get the, the Salman Rushdie guy with, with, uh, uh, Terry Hatcher and we get like, Everybody, we get moops, we get we get fucking uh, bubble boy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, I, I do love how Sa- uh, Sal Bass uh, got Terry. Sal Hatcher. Bass, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to know why Kramer had to shit like so badly, like so badly. I'm like, why the fuck did you need to shit this rough? Like, it has to happen. Like, I I, I need to know this. 
The fact that that wasn't written into the script bothers the fuck out of me. But the culmination of the entire season's worth of writing, I think it works really fucking well. I really enjoyed this episode. I had a good time. It made me feel like a lot of stuff was coming together in this episode. Like a lot of stuff was coming and like wrapping up and just being like, God damn, this is fun. The actors playing actors that I've loved watching them act as these characters was awesome. Jeremy Piven was perfect. Larry Hankin was perfect. The Elaine was creepy as shit. And I really liked seeing her in that. They all had their quirks. I, were being give me obsessed. the wall of hair. I need it. It's, it's got to exactly. be a wall. And that's so true. You're like, you watch some of these episodes with Elaine and you're like, why the fuck is your hair so high? <laughs> and, and she's called that out. And it is, it is meta. The meta factor makes me so happy. I love meta humor. I fucking love it. And so between that and all these, I didn't give a fuck about the George with his lip white dis- discoloration shit. That one didn't mean anything to me. It just, it, it, it just added the neuroticness of George. It gave him some kind of neurotic factor. But, um, you know, I think this episode is great. It's not perfect. We called out plenty of issues. And I am legitimately curious if they have a better ender to any season than this episode right here. The pilot, I'm going to call it right now. I don't think I'm going to give a higher rating to any season ender than I am to the pilot. I think this episode was a lot of fun. I think it wrapped up the season really well. I fucking enjoyed it. I gave it a 4.5 out of 5 stolen raisins. Holy shit balls. <laughs> oh man. Um okay. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! We might have a debate on our hands here. <laughs> I, everything that you said you liked about it, I mean, I can't argue with any of those things. I I very much when this episode is firing on all cylinders, I think it's firing on all cylinders. The problem is, for me, I didn't feel like it consistently fired on all cylinders throughout the entire 44 minutes of it. Man, the Kramer the Kramer storyline went nowhere. Uh, it had no mm-hmm. beginning to it. We only saw some sort of middle of a thing. The fact that you brought to my attention that, that Kramer acts as if it's been one day, but it's probably been a week, that I'm like, oh, what what's with that writing there? Yeah. The whole storyline of Elaine with the whole, with the the monk's diner and everything, the p- end of that, the whole punchline of that is like, oh, they're just his daughters. Oh, I guess I made a mistake. Bop, bop, bop. <laughs> We're all happy now. And I'm like, okay, what was the point of any of that right there other than to just drop like the Russ Meyer, uh, you know, references or something? I looked at that as uh, giving Elaine something to do. Uh, when she goes to visit, not, uh, when she goes to watch the the taping with her and her blonde wig, we only get one interaction from one guy and her, you know, I, I would have been better if someone else like, like, or even Jerry walked past her and was like, hey, Elaine, and just like didn't say anything or like, or, like, like didn't make any note of her hair, just walked past and like, hey, Elaine, and that was it, you know what I mean? Like he instantly knew, mm-hmm. like it was, it felt completely deflated to me in that regard. Um, I, I just... I felt like a lot of threads were unnecessary, but what worked about it was 
all the pilot stuff, all the stuff like when you're actually watching them produce the episode, watching them them get ready for the episode, all, like, you know, the auditions worked, the montages worked, all that stuff was, was fantastic. I love, love, love George, like, getting into it with the Raisins. I love how they handled all of that stuff. I wish the entire episode just took place at NBC Studios, just was like, you know, Jerry the pilot, you know, like maybe we watched the entire thing there, like nothing else outside of that, and then find a way of bringing Kramer in or something. But as it stands, I expected so much more from this episode. And as far as like tight writing goes is is what I'm talking about. I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. I had a great time, you know, watching it. It it definitely filled me with like the Seinfeld feels and everything, but you know, we're here to critically look at it. We're here to kind of like examine it. And, you know, if, if I'm going to give other episodes a five, you know, for because their writing is just so incredibly tight. One of the things that I like about Seinfeld writing is when every character has something like good to do, justified to do. And the fact that I felt like they landed, they ended the same thing with Kramer as they did at the beginning. They didn't know what to do with Kramer at the beginning of the season. So they sent him off to L.A. and that didn't work. They didn't know what to do with Kramer here. So they gave him the shits. And it's like, why? Why does he have the shit? That's great. That's great. I love it. Why does he have it? Where's the Where's the joke here? There's no There's no payoff. Yeah. At least later, when he has the um the the when he has the kidney stone. Later, when Kramer has the kidney stone and he finally releases it, he screams. That's like there's a part yeah. of a plot to that. Here, I'm like, oh, okay. And man, going into it, bro, I was probably like, okay, all right, probably about four, maybe a four, and then halfway through us talking about it, like three point five. But when you told me. That that Kramer <laughs> took, you know, he took that shit the next day, and you're like, they're, they're trying to sell us that it was mm-hmm. like the next day, but yet they've already told us that it's a week later. Nah, bro, that knocked that shit down to a three for me, and I was like, oh my god, I, I expect so much more. So honestly, um, I'm gonna have to give this uh, the th- th- <laughs> three drowned Dow ripples out of five. <laughs> three drowned. <laughs> wow. wow. Wow, my man. And I got to admit, I think most of the time when we when we review something, I've, I've usually been, if there's been a difference in our score, I'm usually the one that's, I think, a little bit higher. Uh, usually. You're yeah. usually a little bit more uh, critical than I am. So I, I was a little bit is, shocked. I don't know. At the same time, when, when people like say, hey, was Avengers Endgame that good of a movie? I'm like, no, it wasn't that good of a movie, but does it deserve all like that fucking praise. Yes, because it's been the culmination of all of this shit over 10 goddamn years. And it has been fantastic. Now, personally, I think Avengers infinity war is the superior film. I do, I do too. To, and it is, it is a it, hands down. It's a better movie. Yeah. But the culmination of this entire season for me, it felt so cathartic to watch this pilot. And it, and just like, I, I just, I had a good time watching this this episode. And and I'm I'm 100% with you on on the pilot aspect because you know, they could have easily like not shown us that, you know, any yeah. scenes from that. They could have easily done that, but they did go the extra mile. They had to build a set for that. So I'm like that's mm-hmm. awesome. And that 
paid off so well. I loved how we got to see all those characters, you know, watching the pilot and everything. And also, too, that that feels organic. Honestly, mm -hmm. that felt more organic than the series finale of bringing everyone back because it makes it kind of makes more sense that all these people would be like, oh, yeah, obviously, like we all know Jerry, whether we love him or not. We know him. But we, we're going to watch this pilot, even if we hate the guy, you know, we're going to yeah. watch this pilot. Um, I guess they didn't get it in India for Babu, right? Uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know it would have been nice to see. Babu. Yeah, I know. But I, I honestly, that probably makes more sense that, that he didn't get it. Um, but I honestly felt like that was handled very well. Every single cameo just right down to Newman sleeping and watching something uh, else. I know. I like was, that fucking perfect man all of that was fucking perfect but i just i can't give it a pass on those weak writing aspects you know but but maybe maybe i could give them more of a pass because they really tried to pull off something big here they really tried to do something big this mm -hmm. season you know and uh but that's also why i'm giving it a three and not like a 2.5 because i really had a problem with this episode yeah, you had high expectations. You expected perfection. I think I did, especially the way uh, this last end of the season was going. And, and we'll get more into that uh, in our next episode, our season four wrap-up episode. But I think with the way the, the, the back end of this season was going, yeah, I was expecting a, a bigger a ramp-up to a five. You know, I, I was really yeah. expecting that. So, um, But like I said, we'll, we'll get into that uh, next week. But, um, but, but you know what? But even with as a three, it's not an episode I won't pay attention to. It's not an episode that I didn't enjoy. It's not an episode that that I would ever mm -hmm. change or, or turn off or whatever. But you know, it's it's uh, just it's not it's not the Junior Mint, you know, for for me, honestly. Which I like the Junior Mint, but I, I don't know. I, I rank this higher than the Junior yeah, Mint. So no, fuck you. No, no, it's it's. I mean, it's fine. It's <laughs> co comedy subjective. I mean, I think that's great. I, no, I, it's not. <laughs> I win. My 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 scoring is perfection. All right. Honestly, bro, as podcasters, I'm glad that we're not on the exact same page with every single yeah. episode. I honestly think it makes it probably a more interesting conversation than if every single episode was a five. You know, we're like, yeah, we love it. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, agreed. yeah. It was still a great season with a fantastic finale. Really, I mean, it was a great finale. Truthfully, it was a lot of fun. Just, you know, if you just nitpick it, that's all. Like, whatever. Yeah. You have a good time. Well, with that's it. what we're here for. We're here to fucking yeah, nitpick. Exactly. So we're not, we're not here to just, you know what? We love Seinfeld. We're super fans and we're going through every episode and we can't just be like, this is a great episode. How about that episode? That's a great fucking episode. No, we're here to fucking lay into this shit. But I don't. I don't think you're not valid in thinking it's a 4.5. You know what I mean? Like, I don't oh, it's disagree a good, it's a, with... Yeah, with, it's a damn good fun, fun episode, <laughs> my man. It's a fun man. episode. It's a lot, a lot of fun. So, <laughs> but, uh, but, dude, I'm excited to get into the wrap-up with you. And uh, uh, before yeah. we do, why don't you tell me what's going on with the uh, Throwback Trivia Takedown, my man? Throwback Trivia Takedown, one of my three fucking podcasts <laughs> that I'm doing right now. Jesus Christ, ask my wife how much time I spend with her and how much I spend with my podcasting, and she's like, yeah, uh, good. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Anyway, Throwback Trivia Takedown is a trivia slash nostalgic pop culture podcast where if you guys like trivia and you like throwback stuff from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, check it out. It is just a, a fun, you know, we try to have good, strong trivia as well as just a fun time with the people that we're talking to and we go back and we bring things back to the 70s 80s and 90s with pop culture and the different categories that define it so check it out if you guys like it please take a listen um you know i would absolutely love it you know besides that i also do blast from our past with my brother which i've already mentioned but you my man Corey. 
you're doing podcast podcasting after dark which is a phenomenal podcast please tell me about that thank you sir yeah we're uh, me and our buddy zach uh do podcasting after dark which is a zach the snack <laughs> That's a good one, bud. That is a good Thank one. You. I am going to use that one. Zach the Snack. Because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> oh, he's, he's fucking so good looking. I know. I know. Dude, I know. It's ridiculous. I hate him. I hate him. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, thank God this is an, is an audio uh, format. So uh, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> we talk. We have fun. We talk about cult movies. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, we, uh, you know, we're doing Mall Rats right now uh, because it's a part of this whole big Kevin Smith uh, tribute week that we're doing. But you can also find other stuff on there, like movies like The Stuff, or The Keep, or Night of the Comet, or Fright Night. But we also interview celebrities, like the director of Fright Night, Tom Holland. Uh, we've ha- we have other directors like Brian Usna. We have actors like Tom Matthews, who was in Friday Thirteenth Part Six with, uh, like I mentioned earlier, with that guy who played uh, who played George. <laughs> You guys are killing it on Podcasting After Dark. I have to say so. Thanks, man. I, I, I do appreciate that. And I appreciate your support, too. Thank you, my man. Um, but yeah, and, and uh, right now, if you if you want to f- listen on the free feeds, we have our uh, interview with uh, St- uh, Stephen Kostansky, uh, who directed The Void. And we also, I think it's just going to kind of live up there, our uh, interview with Jeanette Goldstein, who played Vasquez in Aliens, just because I love that interview so, so much. That was a really strong interview. I listened to that one, um, and it is, I mean, She's awesome. She's fucking Vasquez. And you guys, y'all's reverence for her, it is deservedly so because she's freaking, she's in Aliens, but it also kind of just comes through. And you guys actually give her some good questions. She does a great job. Thanks, man. And she she calls my dad a bad parent at the beginning of it, so it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but well, well yeah, he, he let you fucking watch Aliens when you were like nine. Yeah, he, well, he took me to it. <laughs> Madness. <laughs> but yeah, check out Podcast After Dark. Check out everything on the BFOP network. Check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. Check everything out. And uh, if you're if you're new to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, well, well, season three is about to go behind the paywall because we keep all of our back catalog over on Patreon for how much, Adam? How much to get all the seasons, oh my God. every episode? How much? It's like hundred dollars, any... right? It's it's crazy. No, but yeah, exactly. This is it's an absurd amount. It is a huge. It's the biggest amount you've ever seen. It is such a huge <laughs> amount. It's a dollar. It's a an dollar. entire dollar a month. Yeah, yeah. So we keep we keep our back catalog there. Uh, the the current season that we're on and the season prior is what is up on the free feed. So once season once we dig into season five in a couple weeks, uh, season three is going to go behind the paywall. But season four, this season will still stay out there. So uh, you'll have some time to 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 go back and listen if you want. But yeah, it's all over there. Support the show. Um, you know everything just goes to running the show. That's it. And we appreciate all. All the love and support you guys have given us this entire four seasons has been absolutely amazing. You guys all freaking rock. You know, we didn't make a four seasons joke like the hotel once. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, like that just came to my mind. I don't know why. Yeah. It's not a funny joke, but I'm just like, damn it. How can I force something in here? Instead of forcing something, I'm going to talk about forcing something. And that's bad writing. Yeah, it's 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 almost like uh, Kramer's poop storyline in this this episode. <laughs> All right, but poop is still funny. Damn poop it, poop is still funny. That was the only saving grace of that storyline is him running because we've all been there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, all right, guys. We'll catch you next week with our wrap up episode, and then just a quick reminder: we will be dark for one week just because we like to take one week off in between seasons. So, and then we'll be right back for season five. And uh, good times as always. Thank you.
have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. <laughs>